Hello and welcome to Tommy Talks, the weekly podcast bringing you inside St. Thomas Athletics, where we'll get to know those who wear the purple and gray. This week we are joined by senior golfer Jack Nasby. Jack grew up around golf and we talk about getting to play with his brother in college. He also tells us about the hole-in-one he only sort of counts and how caddying has helped him succeed on and off the course. You can subscribe to Tommy Talks on Apple and Spotify, and if you love it, please give us a five-star rating. Now here's our conversation with Jack Nasby on another edition of Tommy Talks. Jack, let's start at the beginning, like we always like to do. How did you get involved in golf? Yeah, I kind of started at a young age um, with just my dad bringing me to the golf course, really. Um, Grew up at the same club my entire life, and... I always look forward to the Sunday nine holes or the Sunday 18 holes with my dad, mom, and my two younger brothers. So that was always a highlight growing up. Yeah, so you guys would play as a family pretty much for as long as you can remember. Yeah, I mean, probably ever since I started, really. Um, That's kind of where I got my passion, and then my brothers followed all because of my dad. So it's kind of cool to see my brother, who's on a sophomore on the team right now, too, uh, who's playing well currently, and then... uh, my youngest brother Charlie, who's at Edina, will be coming here as a freshman next year. Yeah, the team too. That's pretty cool. Uh, are you a little bummed that you're not going to get a chance for all three of you to be on the same team? Yeah, a lot of people have asked that, but uh, I don't think they want three Nasbys on the team. I think <laughs> one's got to go, one's got to come. So yeah, it'll be good. Is that just a general rule? If there's a max two Nasbys, if there's more than that, there's that's too many. Uh, kind of depends, but I, yeah. I, I think two is always plenty. Two is plenty. Okay. Uh, when did you know you were good? Not till later in high school, really. Um, I always kind of worked hard. Uh, played in a good amount of tournaments. Not a ton compared to everyone else I was playing against. Um, but really had that passion and wanted to get better. And then an opportunity uh, opened up uh, with Scott Proshek and coming here. Um, and then that just turned into something more than I ever thought it would be. Um my game really got good coming the summer coming into college and then I've just improved on since then. So I feel like uh, when you talk to good golfers, they don't really know how good they are necessarily. So you're better than 75% of the people probably if you can shoot, what, 80, let's say. Yeah. When did you first break 80? Mm, a long time ago. A long time ago. Remember, you can't even yeah. remember. Yeah. So that's when I would say you were good. <laughs> Uh, so for you, when you say you didn't know you were good until you were going into college, what does that mean? Does that mean you were able to break 80 more consistently where you were shooting low 70s? What does that mean? I think it's more of just uh, getting a few under par. I mean, mm-hmm. shooting high 60s, getting a low round, getting a 64 or 65 in there just because it's so much easier to do outside of competition. And once you get into competition, it's really hard or it's more difficult to shoot a 65. Um, one, the courses are set up more difficult, um, especially with the golf we play. And as we see right now in the spring, it's windy, it's cold. Yeah. Um, so being able to consistently shoot lower numbers outside of competition, but also uh, improving the consistency and turning those 73s to 71s or those bad rounds that are 75, 76 to 72, 73, um, where that comes down to mental, that comes down to uh, playing smart and then keeping the hole in front of you, basically. 
Yeah, not letting one bad shot become two bad shots, et cetera. Exactly. I mean, we're working with that right now. Uh, Coach Rachie and Coach Klein have really done a tremendous job in the short time they've been here with that and with the decade aspect that Coach Klein brings to practice and brings to preparing the tournaments is something that really has helped us, and we saw that show this past weekend down in Omaha. When you so you guys play on really tough courses, and I remember playing out at uh, Winsong one year was they were getting it ready for the Big Ten conference tournament, and that playing there versus playing you know Meadowbrook or some city course, it's night and day the mm-hmm. difference. I mean that's two different golf courses. So how can how do you stay sharp when you do like because you can't just roll out and go play, you know. Meadowbrook and, and, and get it a practice round, it's not going to help you, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, we're just trying to find one, uh, similar courses that we play to in tournaments. Uh, Winsong is a great example of a course that we would love to be able to play every single day before a tournament. One, it's a big boy golf course. Yeah. It's always windy up there. We play in a lot of wind conditions, and with being able to prepare in a similar manner than what we're going to compete in is definitely an advantage. So, if we're able to get on a big course, no matter where it is, if it's a North Oaks, Troy Burn, or Winsong, um, it's definitely an advantage just to be able to hit driver and have a seven iron in instead of going to a smaller course and having driver flip wedge all day. Right, and the greens too, the speed, light years difference. A lot more undulation as well as a lot faster greens, so you have to miss on the right part of the green too. Um, sometimes it might even be better just to miss just off the green in the correct spot than have a 50 footer over a few ridges yeah see that's a whole different realm of golf that i'm not even aware of but uh that's <laughs> that's the difference between you know what shooting 90 and shooting 70 right yeah yeah um what is the have you ever had a hole in one uh i say yes i really don't count it i was uh <laughs> i think i was in sixth grade at an executive course right by my house so an executive course was uh nine holes uh, seven par threes and two par fours, but I do remember way back then. I think it was an eight iron from one thirty-seven. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can really count that. Why not? You totally can. I don't know. I just want one on a big golf course with on a regular golf course or something. But yeah. Uh, hopefully it comes one day. Well, the good news is at that age you probably didn't have to buy everybody drinks. That is correct. Yeah, so that's a, that's when you want to do it. That's funny because one of our teammates actually got a hole-in-one uh, over spring break. Uh, <laughs> and all he could think of was, thankful- man, this is going to break me. Thankfully, uh, we were on spring break as a team, so he was good to go. <laughs> uh, what is the best shot you've ever hit? Do you remember it? I can't think of one specific shot. I know if you go through an iron, there's always going to be one shot that might stick out to you. Mm-hmm. Um just because one maybe it was the situation that you were in um or the conditions you were playing in but uh I can't really look back and think of one shot that really stuck out to me over do you the ha- others do you have a club like okay if I can get this club in my hand I know I'm in a in good shape 7 iron 5 iron something like that uh growing up it always used to be 8 iron mm-hmm. um cuz you got a hole in one with it <laughs> that's probably why <laughs> uh and then Growing up, I really don't mind what iron I have in uh, my hand. I feel like I'm a very strong iron player, um, whereas other people's strengths might be driving the ball or putting, and putting is not my expertise. Uh, So, I mean, anything from 9-iron to 6-iron I'm pretty comfortable with. 
Your brother is on the team, as you mentioned. What's that like for you? It's got to be fun. There's so much history there, and there's just like a shorthand language, I would imagine, between you two and, and being able to go out there and play. Yeah, it definitely added another uh, level when he came in here when I was a junior. Um, being able to play two years of college golf without him was one thing, and competing with your teammates day in and day out. But uh, once your brother joins the team, there's a little extra uh, <laughs> X factor that you're trying to uh, – play harder, compete harder, because it's no fun losing to him, as I did this past weekend. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up, man, but you you did. So uh, good for Cole. Good for yeah. Cole. Um, when was the first time that you beat your dad? Do you remember that? Um, It's got to be at least probably eight years ago. Yeah. Um, I guess it's our role started flipping. He started playing less golf due to work, and I started playing more golf. So uh, I had a little advantage there. Yeah. Well, at least that's what he told you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when when you made the t- transition from Division three to Division one, what when you heard that that St. Thomas was going to do that, what went through your mind? Um, there's definitely a lot of questions that come up right away, and every sport is kind of handling it differently. Um, we always knew we thought we could compete at that level as a golf team. Uh, one, because with an individual sport like golf, um, when we practice or in the summer we play in the state am or state open, we're playing with JUCO, D2, D1 players day in and day out. So it wasn't much uh, different than what we're used to. I mean, obviously you're competing on a team in a different uh, league or different conference, um, but at the end of the day we've been playing with these same kids our entire life and it's just that the next step it's got to be tough though in being a outdoor sport in the spring you don't get a lot of home matches no not at all as we see right now too um we've been outside twice as a team yeah. uh this spring um we saw that as we were down in uh, las vegas a few weeks ago competing with teams uh, that was our first event of the spring, and the teams we were playing with, it was our third or fourth event of the spring. So um, I know uh, Coach Rachie is working hard to figure out the schedule for next year just to give us as big of an advantage as we can with being from Minnesota. So uh, he'll do a good job with that. So I think the team's in good hands regarding schedule and getting ready in the spring. When you were growing up, did you caddy as well as playing golf? I did. I caddied. Uh, that was my job. Um, yeah. It's a great job. Most of my life growing up, basically up until two years ago. Yeah. Um, I started a little out of Dinah Country Club when I was uh, really young. Uh, then after that, I uh, flipped over to Minicata, uh, and that's where I was for four or five years. I really enjoyed it there. met a lot of cool people there. Uh, I actually met uh, someone that uh, has helped mentor me now and helped me uh, get to uh, where I am at now with work. So... That was a cool experience. Um, I still, I caddied out there once last year for the member-member tournament uh, for that member um, that has been mentoring me, which has been super cool. So, um, And then I also did a little caddying on a bear path on Monday events uh, when they hosted events like the Minnesota Vikings or the NFLPA. I would help for caddy out there a little bit. So cool. Got a caddy at a few cool places, but I always yeah. enjoyed uh calling it work i guess yeah it's a great experience right you get to meet people you get to see how they play the game um have you become a better caddy as you became a better golfer yeah um i think caddying helps 
not only your own golf game, um, it helped me um, with like professional skills and just talking and meeting with these local professionals that happen to be on a golf course. Um, but I also became a better caddy throughout the years too, uh, the more I caddied. So it was a win every way I looked at it. You did something to help um, inner city youth, right, with some caddying? Tell me about that. Yeah, I did. Uh, so two summers ago um, for uh, the Opus College of Business, zero credit course, uh, you have to volunteer 40 hours at a local nonprofit. I guess it doesn't have to be local anymore. I chose a local nonprofit, which was called CaddyU. Um, Mark Haugiorti, uh, who helps run that, um, has kind of four main pillars. Um, one, helping inner city youth uh, get introduced to the game, not only golfing but caddying, and then getting them um, into local country clubs to gain that experience and then have the end goal of hopefully uh, receiving an Evans Scholar um, yeah. scholarship, which is super cool to give them a full ride to a university um, due to caddying growing up. So that was one pillar. Another pillar was, uh, I guess, uh, local tournaments for high schoolers and college players. So we introduced that called the Lump Coat Tour after Tim Heron, a local yeah. uh, professional golfer. So we introduced that the summer of 2020 when there was no tournaments going on. Uh, due to COVID, so we were able to do it in a safe manner. Uh, we did three sums for the most of the time. There was no range or practice before. You went from car to tee and then from 18 green to tee. It was just quick. We also partnered with uh, Golf Status um, based out of Nebraska uh, to do online scoring. So there was no scorecards, no signing. Um, so that was very successful and is still continuing on now. Uh, another pillar they're working – they uh, – have at uh, Caddy U uh, is helping um, special needs get into the workforce. So yeah. uh, working with them um, in any way you can or partnering or putting pairing them up with a professional athlete to have on their own podcast or something uh, was a cool experience. But now it's not called Caddy U anymore. It's now called uh, At The Turn um, for a few reasons. One, At The Turn is a golf phrase that you do or you make when you're go from hole nine to hole 10, but also uh, is meant for a turning point in these kids' lives uh, to move forward, um, start fresh, or have new experiences to help them down the road. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like an outstanding program, and it's a great name, too. At the turn, really does hit on a couple of different levels. Um, I worked at a driving range through high school, and also, you know, we were on a golf course, so we had to clean carts and do all of that. And doing that, um, now I always clean out my golf cart if I ever use one because that was the biggest pain. I say that to ask, what did you learn from being a caddy or what was the biggest thing that drove you nuts when you were a caddy that now you will never do as a golfer because it was such a pain as a caddy? I don't take caddies much, but if I do, I will probably only hopefully have three golf balls in my bag. <laughs> um, hopefully I don't lose more than one. Yeah. Um, but also there's many people you caddy for that have 20, 30, 40 balls. One, because they find them and they just pick them up and they never clean out their bag and they never carry their bag because they're either in a cart or they have a caddy. Um, so you come across many members that have way too many golf balls in their bag. It's really heavy. It is. Yeah. During the spring, my golf bag is way too heavy because I've got eight different layers in there. Snacks. I got to have snacks. I like to walk personally, but it's, yeah, 
It gets thinner as the summer goes on. Okay, so no, not too many golf balls. That's good to know. Uh, who's your favorite golfer right now? Uh, I got to stick with Jordan Spieth. He's been my favorite uh, for quite some time. He's been struggling a little bit these past two years, but uh, hopefully he can get it squared away a little bit. What is it about Jordan that you like? Uh, uh, the week before his first tournament win at the John Deere, he sent my brothers and I a scorecard sign, like, best of luck, Jordan Spieth. Um, and that was before his first win. Um, our neighbor at our family's cabin, uh, the daughter, ended up marrying his best man in his wedding. Uh, so there's a little connection there. I've never yeah. met him, but uh, he was able to uh, send that scorecard over. And ever since then, I've kind of been a Jordan fan. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Do you have that up somewhere? Uh, I think mom's got it stored away somewhere. I can't remember right where it or yeah. where it is, but yeah, that's one that uh, when you get to your own um, man cave, you yeah. got to put that up there. Um, what else is going to be the first thing? What else would you put up in the man cave if you had to decorate it right now? Um, my dad loves golf flags, so if they go to tournaments, if they we have a Masters one in our basement, uh, they go to the Genesis Invitational every year. Yeah. Got a Genesis Invitational one out at Riviera. Um, they also go to the Waste Management down in Scottsdale every year, so we have that. Uh, my dad and his dad used to go to all, every U.S. Open together, so there's a lot of U.S. Open flags. So maybe it's continuing on with the yeah. little golf flag tradition. Did you get a chance to go to a U.S. Open with your dad and your grandpa? I have not been to a U.S. Open. Uh been to the Ryder Cup when I was here in uh, 2016, I believe. Um, and then that's really the only main tournament I've been to. Uh, my younger brothers, when I was in college, they started going out to Riviera with my parents. So I missed out on that. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, hopefully I can start joining them again. When you see them in real life, the pros, it's a different game, right? I mean, you're obviously still playing at a high level. When you see how they play it, what strikes you the most? The biggest thing that stuck out to me was how they flight their wedges. I mean, you go to junior golf tournaments or even college golf tournaments, and you see a lot of kids just like to launch. They launch their wedges. They just yeah. want to hit them high and far. It's pretty. And the pros do it the opposite. I mean, they're hitting it lower, they're hitting it softer, and they're controlling it much better. More bump um, and run kind of. Yeah, a lot of lower shots around the green too. Um, as everyone says, it's like the older – tradition or the older way to play golf um but it works um a lot of more a lot more room for air Mm -hmm. um and the way they control their wedges from inside let's say 140 yards is pretty cool yeah god i would love to be able to hit a wedge at 140 (laughs) someday maybe all right so uh why st thomas what drew you to the tommies yeah so when i was looking for schools i always wanted a smaller private school in a bigger city Mm-hmm. Um, that was mainly because of most of the schools have connections to uh, alumni or to local businesses for after college. Um, and with that, I basically came down to my final three. I mean, one, one of them was St. John's. And no, that is not near a big city. Um, and then it kind of came down to Denver and St. Thomas. Liked them both. My mom went to St. Thomas. Um and the difference was the people, I think. Yeah. Um, Scott Proshek was a big reason um, how personable he was um, and not only looking for success on the golf course but outside 
off the golf course and in life. So um, that and then the strong business program at St. Thomas as well as the strong alumni network uh, made it a pretty easy decision for me. And looking back on it four years uh, I go, I mean, I'm very thankful for my decision. It really is. Like, once you become a Tommy, I found out this year, starting doing football and men's basketball, like, getting into the club, it's a club, man. Once you're yeah. in, you are in. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny, even no matter where we go, even if it's uh, traveling down to Las Vegas or Myrtle Beach, um, people recognize St. Thomas, and if they see it, they're going to say something, where if you go yeah. to a bigger university or something, they might not come up and run into you and say, oh, you go to Minnesota, let's say. But uh, if a Tommy sees a Tommy, there's a lot of a lot of the time it leads to a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else do you like to do for fun? Uh, I like to enjoy – I like hanging out with friends, um, spending time up north at the cabin, um, kind of being outside in the summer. Yeah. Um, I really learned that after uh, working inside last summer and not catting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like being outside, uh, getting some sun, and spending time with friends and family. Yeah, that's I. As I said, working at a driving range and a golf course growing up, it's hard to beat that during the summer, man. Yeah. Outdoors every single day, man, that's the best. Um, favorite sport besides golf? Hmm. I like pickleball. I like playing pickleball. I mean, yeah. I know it's newer. Yeah. Um, when it comes to watching sports, uh, I like watching college basketball uh, as well as hockey and football. Yeah. Uh, did you get to many of the Tommy games this winter? Uh, I did. Uh, went to a number of uh, St. Thomas hockey games. Yeah. I was supposed to go down to ASU uh, for their game. I've got a good buddy on the ASU team. Yeah. Um, but that fell through last minute um, and then also made it to a number of basketball games um, as well. So yeah. hopefully I uh, can make it to more uh, in the coming years, but uh, was able to make it to quite a few. I asked you about transitioning from D3 to D1 as an athlete, but as a fan, I would imagine that had to be, I mean, it's a whole different level of competition coming in for hockey and for basketball. Uh, very much so. I remember uh, going on ESPN one day uh, and just, I mean, seeing St. Thomas versus uh, let's say Minnesota. Yeah. Or let's say St. Thomas versus um, I can't remember who the girls' basketball team played early on, but just seeing these bigger teams that you thought ten years ago or even five years ago, it's like you think of it so much differently because you see them on ESPN or you see them uh, playing big games and on TV, and then a few years later seeing St. Thomas playing against these teams so yeah. uh, super cool to see as a fan and only looking forward to the future for sure uh what's your best place on campus best place on campus um i gotta say right here uh, <laughs> yeah. in the arc uh with having a golf simulator uh down on the first floor uh, as well as spending time uh in the gym or workout room and then also uh, spending a lot of time right behind us uh, in Jamal's office with Sack, so yeah. definitely got to say the arc. Yeah, it, it's home base for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Probably more hours here than anywhere else on campus. Uh, yes, I'd say so. Yeah. Favorite food? Do you have a favorite food? I like Chinese food. Yeah. Um, like takeout or PF Chang's. Um, are you a spicy guy or? Pretty I like spice. I mean, I always said I like spice until you go to. 
a PF Chang's or something, and you say you like it spicy, and then you regret it. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely a happy medium there. Yeah. Somewhere between ketchup and melt your face. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, what are you watching on TV or streaming these days? I don't watch much TV, actually. Okay. Um, if I do, it's live TV um, with sports, um, maybe even news, but I do not spend much time watching TV. Um, also, don't have a ton of time uh, yeah. to do so either. Uh, so, because you're reading or working out or, or doing it's all not th- reading now. It's <laughs> either uh, work, golf, or school. Yeah, that's uh, pretty. If you can do those three, I mean, that's the rest of your life, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's the rest of your life. Um, is Caddyshack required viewing for golfers? Yes. Yes. Um, I think every golfer has seen Caddyshack, and if they haven't, they should. They should, right. Uh, I was asking Isabella Lynch uh, this, um, and you have to watch it just so you can get all the references, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. you'll hear people say it out of nowhere, and you got to be able to be there yeah. uh, or be able to watch it so you can uh, understand those. Do you have a favorite Caddyshack line? That I we can not. say on the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, we'll really appreciate your time, Jack. Thank you so much. Best of luck the rest of this season, and uh, best of luck going forward. Thanks, Corbo. I appreciate it.